0: entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart you're the first one in last one out and you do whatever it takes to succeed nonetheless 25 million Americans have chosen the entrepreneurial life because it's equal parts demanding and fulfilling welcome to the people first then profit podcast Join hospitality veteran, photographer, and entrepreneur Don Mamoni each week as he hosts a candid, no-holds-barred conversation with successful business owners and entrepreneurs eager to share their professional secrets with you. Like his crazy Italian family does on Sunday nights, he's serving up a healthy portion of inspiration, motivation, and education, so I hope you're hungry. Now, here's your host, Don Mamoni.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the People First, Then Profit podcast. I am so excited to have with me here today a member of the wedding industry. And you guys know that the wedding events, live events, industry, hospitality, it's so near and dear to my heart. Uh, I'm so it's so fun to say again that we met on clubhouse. We had interacted a number of different times and then, uh, you and I started just finding ourselves in same rooms. And then I had the pleasure of being interviewed on your podcast. And immediately upon finishing, I said, Megan, I want you on my podcast. Will you please do that? So ladies and gentlemen, Megan Gilligan. Hi,
2: Megan. Hi y'all. I'm so excited to be here, Don. Thanks for having me. You bet, and you
1: threw a y'all in there, so I know that's going to resonate with a good portion of my audience. Mm, I'm in North Carolina; I,
2: it comes right out of my mouth.
1: So. I'm telling you, it is—it's uh, a wonderful way to be. The hospitality in the South is great. Uh, I am going to start today by reading your bio because I always love the audience to know exactly how much knowledge and experience the guests on the show are bringing. Is that all right
2: with you? Sounds great. I can't wait to hear it.
1: Okay, I always try to really be very intentional about reading these because it's so important. So please bear with me. I'm going to be very intentional. Ladies and gentlemen, we have with us today, Megan Gilligan. She's a veteran wedding planner, podcast host, and international speaker dedicated to making life easier for her fellow wedding pros. Her love for mentoring blossomed from her tumultuous entrepreneurialship journey. In 2010, Megan purchased her planning business, A Southern Soiree and revived the struggling brand into one of North Carolina's most sought-after firms serving a luxury clientele. Between her own experiences and hearing others' stories firsthand, as the host of the Weddings for Real podcast, Megan now offers new wedding planners an easier way to grow their businesses through her education and community membership, The Planner's Vault. She has captivated audiences with a warm, personable style as a speaker at events like Wedding MBA, CaterSource, WIPA, NACE, and others. Megan, thank you so much for being here today. I'm really excited about the knowledge and experience you bring to our audience.
2: Don, thank you. And you know what? Entrepreneurial is a really hard word to say, actually. Uh, there were some tongue twisters in there for you.
1: <laughs> it's not only hard to say, but I I thought this the other day as I was typing it out. I type it a lot, yeah, a lot, and it's the new hors d'oeuvre. Yeah. Horse d'oeuvres Horse d'oeuvres because <laughs> if you're part of the hospitality catering and events industry you know that you type the word hors d'oeuvres a lot and so when i was in hospitality and i was doing banquet event orders i would literally write hors d'oeuvres a million times and be like did I, did I spell it right okay yeah i think i spelled it right
2: I used to have it as a post-it note on my computer. I used to work for Marriott for many years and I had it as a post-it note, like horse duvers right there. Horse
1: duvers. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank you. I-, I loved your bio. It was so well-written. I agree with everything in there, both the knowledge and experience, but the way in which you present yourself. Um, I noticed this whenever we uh, did your podcast. You have a very soothing voice and a soothing tone and I want to learn from you. I want to grow with you. So it's very inviting and I would love to start there. Can you just give us the reader's digest of... How you went from there to here. And then I'm going to ask you some really fun, insightful questions.
2: Absolutely. So, yes, I've been in the hospitality industry for about 15 years. I started right out of grad school working for Marriott Hotels, which I look back on my career and I think that was some of the best business training available to me. I worked all the not glamorous jobs. At one point, I wore a men's red suit coat as part of my uniform, like complete with shoulder pads, and it was really extra special. Uh, But I worked my way through the front desk, the banquet operations, the catering sales. Back in 2010, I went on what I thought was a job interview with a local wedding planner. I had been married at about three weeks at this point myself, and was kind of shifting into figuring out what came next in my career. But I came out of that job interview with an offer to purchase her existing company. Wow, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, kind kind of crazy. Um, the last eleven years has been. A journey of um, honestly starting out back in 2010, rebuilding the brand and the reputation from what it was at the time that I took it over um, and then building the business into a team. And uh, really from there, the rest is history. And uh, I know we'll dive a little bit more into what has come in the last couple of years soon.
1: I have to say that you and I traveled very similar paths. Uh, Emily and I started the business in 2007, part-time. We went full-time in 2009 and we have uh, we've run the gambit. We've been on, through the ups and downs. We've seen the saturation in the marketplace. We've seen the, the increase and the decline in business. And then of course, um, what the recent pandemic has brought to so many of us. Uh, I love the fact that you basically f- found the opportunity, you seized the opportunity, you built the business, and then there was a tipping point for you. And as you heard, as we heard in your your bio, you said, it doesn't have to be this hard. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be this hard. I'm going to make other people's entrepreneurial journey better and easier. And I'm going to try to make them uh, smarter and faster. And so you and I continue to travel parallel lives, right? That's one of my um, most impassioned goals and rally cries for people is, hey guys, don't make me reach through the computer screens at the moment and shake you violently and tell you, you don't have to go it alone. It doesn't have to be this hard. So let's go there. Let's. One of the first things uh, we're going to talk about is that you're basically educating your marketplace. You're taking young budding uh, entrepreneurial wedding planners and you're saying, hey guys, listen, this is one of the many ways in which I can benefit you and you've created courses and all this other stuff. So uh, what's the advice that you would share with the audience that are, let's say, in the first five years of their business? Because that's when a lot of the struggle and the lack of knowledge and experience really sets in. What's, What's some of the advice that you would give them in today's challenging
2: times? Oh gosh. I mean, if I think back to the first few years of being in business and honestly, I mean, I made all the mistakes, all the mistakes that you can make as an entrepreneur from hiring the wrong people, from booking the wrong client, from not charging enough to not getting out there and networking. But I would say if there's like one major takeaway that if you hear nothing else, from this episode that this resonates with you is that, yes, you can do it alone. You can you can make all the mistakes. You can hit all the walls. You can climb over those speed bumps, but it really doesn't have to be that hard. Uh, I wish that earlier on in my career, I had realized the power of a coach or a mentor. or And this doesn't have to be a paid thing. This can be just someone that is a few steps ahead of you in their journey and is willing to turn around, extend a hand to you and say, Hey, like, come with me. Let me help you avoid this snake in the middle of the road. Or I don't want you to trip over this really big crack in the sidewalk where I busted my nose on two years ago. So if you hear nothing else from this episode, um, understand the power of, reaching out and having a coach or a mentor or some sort of a community that can help you uh, reach your business goals sooner than you would on your own. I did not do that.
1: Yeah. And I think so many don't, uh, Megan. So I was one of the few that didn't uh, or one of the many that didn't. It's interesting because you used a really a lot of keywords there that I think the audience loves to hear. Um, Coach, mentor, community right? That's something that I talk about a lot because I think that when you think of being an entrepreneur, especially a young entrepreneur, you're like, I'm out here. I'm fighting the good fight. I'm going to do the work and I'm going to get it done. And it just, it lends itself to thinking that you have to do so on an island and by yourself.
2: Yeah, I I did that actually. I remember going to, this is one of those vivid burned in my mind memories of year zero of entrepreneurship is I went to my first NACE meeting. I'm here in North Carolina and I went with this brand new business and I was very bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I remember being in the bathroom and a wedding planner that I knew of, I had heard of her. I I thought she was a really big deal, uh, was in the bathroom as well. I was washing my hands and she turned to me and she said, so you're going to be a wedding planner now and i said well yes you know i worked for a, as a venue coordinator for several years but i'm excited for this next step and she kind of scoffed and was like oh, well call me in 6 months cuz you have no idea what you're getting into and it was one of those like seed moments in my early years as an entrepreneur where i walked out of that bathroom thinking oh I didn't realize that this was going to be like a bad version of mean girls in high mm. school where you don't have people that are support you. And I do, I, you don't have your community and where I made a mistake. And this is another thing that I want um, your listeners to hear today is that there will always be that person in mm-hmm. the bathroom. There always will what you have to overcome from that moment, whether it's someone that is, you know, unkind at a networking event or, um, at a bridal show or whatever, wherever you are in your business, because I know you don't speak specifically to wedding industry pros, is there will always be that person that wants to put you down. It comes from their own insecurities for sure. Mm
1: -hmm. But what you
2: have to be able to do is push past that one moment and see it for what it is. One single person.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Whereas I believe on the other side, instead of what I did, which is I put my head down and I started to focus on just my business, I didn't reach out because I didn't think anyone wanted to help me. I was scared to um, really look for a community of other wedding planners. I was friendly and kind, but I definitely didn't lean out to reach or I didn't reach out to lean on anyone within um, my market. But what I don't want you to do is that I want you to push past those moments of uncomfortableness or that encounter that just made you feel really, really small and know that there's so many more people. And Don, you're one of those, like you're one of those people you are.
1: Thank you. I try to be because I, uh, I believe that there are more of us than them.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And
1: I don't mean that to seem uh, antagonistic or, or difficult, but uh, I do believe there's more of us that want to help one another and believe in collaboration over competition. And this is something that I'm confident that you agree with me on because of the way that you're running your business and because you are um, educating within your market. And that's that you can teach people a lot of what you do. You can teach people tricks and trades and all kinds of things to help them with their business and never yet will they ever be able to replace you or never yet will they ever duplicate you, right? And so when people come to you with that um, authentic and genuine want and need to learn, they're going to apply that stuff to their business rather than try to take from you. And so if those two things go together, right? We recognize that there's more of us than them and we want to learn from people rather than just try to duplicate or replicate them, then then everybody wins the, the rising tide, right?
2: Yes, and I I look at it with this analogy that we all are holding. Our own set of cards. Like We each have unique skill sets. You have your own cards that you're holding. I have my cards that I'm holding. Your listeners, they are holding things in their deck that makes them special. And that's Mm -hmm. that winning combination for them. And so I really don't spend too much time looking at what this person on my right is holding and what this person on my left is holding, but I did. That's the thing I absolutely did in the early years of entrepreneurship, but now I'm a total open book and I believe in creating a safe space for others to grow. But yeah, what, what I teach it, I have many, um, I have many uh, pros, wedding pros in my community that are literally in my market, like in the exact same, they, they do what I do in the same location. And I'm, I'm great. I'm fine with it. Like I'm great yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. Because there's
1: plenty of business for everybody is the other thing that we always say, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find your niche and you'll find your ideal client and you'll attract them. And the other thing, you know, we, let's say you're in it for the business. Let's say you're like, Hey, I, I want more clients. I want to make more money. The fact of the matter is, is everybody hits capacity at one point or another everybody comes across a client that's not a really great fit for them because of whatever reason, some of the very best. In fact, my, I I talk about this all the time when I'm teaching and when I'm I'm training uh, my clients, one of the best weddings that we ever photographed and the highest priced wedding that one of them we ever photographed came from another photographer Mm. because they were booked already. Right. And so if, when you, when you find a place of collaboration, oftentimes those leads that we get because the other person's at capacity or wasn't a good fit, they'll make a difference too.
2: Yeah. That's the power of what you teach, which I know is the relationship marketing. I Mm -hmm. I mean, I think
1: it's huge. Well, thank you. That's very kind. Okay. So uh, we kind of touched on this and I think it's really important to, to look at the system that you're creating. Okay. So we're talking about educating within your market. So you're basically saying I'm a wedding planner. You're a wedding planner. I'm on year 12. You're on year two. I've, touch the hot stove and burn my hand. I wanna teach you how to avoid touching the hot stove and not burning your hand. So you've created a system and I've noticed knowing you and researching your your products that you have many different parts. You have group coaching, you have courses, you have resources, you have structures, you have community. How did you decide how to strategically put that together to best benefit your audience?
2: Mm -hmm. Great question. So I believe that um, you can have the actual education, But if you don't have the accountability in the community to back it up, that's where I see um, action is not taken and growth is not there. So yes, there's tons of templates and articles and how-to videos within my membership But honestly, I don't think that that is the most valuable component of it. I think that it is the community and being able to have that safety net to go to and say, Hey, I'm having this issue with this particular client. And I'm just not sure if I'm looking at it from the right lens and having people that are there truly not to promote their own business, but to support one another. The community is huge. Um, and then I do add in like the idea of accountability. So we do co-working sessions where people come in and they establish I would like to get this done in this period of time. We get it done, check in at the end. And I love that personally, because if, if you can relate to this, if you're listening, so many of us have these massive to-do list of things that we need to get done. And we're putting out fires throughout the day in our business. But these accountability sessions give you a space to know, okay, this is something I have put knocked continuously to the bottom of my to-do list. And I don't want to do that anymore. So I have a space to go and get it done. So tell- Yeah.
1: I love that. So I love that. I love the different sections. Uh, I'm oftentimes heard saying that content and information will only get you so far, right? Uh, I have literally taught classes and and facilitated workshops. And I've said, okay, everybody in here that has consumed a, a course and never put it into action or quit consuming a course halfway through, or has a folder full of really great free downloads that they've never done anything with, put your hand up and easily 90% of the room puts their hand up. I'm one of them. You're one of them. And so I love that. And I love the community, right? Um, I joke around and I say, when we want to close the gap, GAP, we have to have the group accountability principle or the group oh, accountability look process. At that. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm 100% on board with you because it's it's just like anything else. When you look yourself in the mirror and you're like, it's cool. It's fine. It's fine. Just you'll do that one tomorrow or you didn't quite get there. It's a lot harder to do that into someone else's eyes and say, yeah, I totally dropped the ball. I didn't show up at the gym. I didn't, I I ate that cake that I wasn't supposed to eat. I did this, I did that. It really holds you accountable because it's harder to do that.
2: Yeah. And I think one of my major goals, so I launched this membership community a year ago, last February, and I wanted to bridge the gap between the copious amounts of free information you can find in uh, Google and Facebook groups, like you can find your answer. You don't know if it's the right answer. You don't know if it's going to serve your business where you're at, but I wanted to bridge the gap between that. And then what I know I couldn't afford in the first five to seven years of my business, which is a one-on-one, like very targeted business coach. So this allows me to show up for planners that want to invest in growing, but aren't quite to the place where they're like, I mean, I can afford $3,000 in one-on-one business coaching. It's a space that is safe and supportive and um, tested information.
1: I love that. It makes it approachable for the gambit because there are some people that have more money than time. Mm-hmm. And there are other people that have more time than money. So whichever commodity, right, that you're running low on, you're providing them an opportunity. Hey, you want to come in and do an all-day intensive and have thousands of dollars to throw at it? I will 100% build out your system for you. Mm-hmm. If it's, hey, I just need to do the slow burn. I have, I have a little bit of money every month and I want to be part of this program. You're going to provide that too, which I adore. And I love, again, that you give the opportunity for people to take the information, but encourage them, right? I always say, hey, listen, it's not mandatory, but it's highly encouraged, <laughs>
2: Yeah, my my worst nightmare would be for someone to pay money for this membership and not actually take action on it. I'm, I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for like, let's raise up the level of um, wedding pros and the content that is out there. It's it's definitely about actually taking action on it. So that's that's the goal of the community and the accountability components.
1: Well, and that's obvious because one of the ways we connected was through Clubhouse rooms that were specifically geared towards heart-centered, impact-driven entrepreneurs. Not um, how do I make seven, eight, nine figures? Which there's, oh, there's, a, yeah. there's a there's just there's a space in the world for that, but that's not my superpower. That's not yours, and so that's no. why we that's why we kept crossing paths. So, yep. All right, I'm gonna take a little bit of a right turn here. And now what I'm doing is, I wanna to talk to the audience members that is listening in right now that not wanna participate in your program, but have the belief and the, the dedication inside themselves that they can create a program like yours for their audience, right? Now, please don't conflate. I'm not talking about a wedding planner who wants to create a wedding planner program. I'm talking about, hey, I'm an expert in blank. And I have an audience of people that are doing blank. I wanna help them. What's your advice for them if they've got those doubts that are seemingly right now stronger than their determination? They have the imposter syndrome of there's a million people teaching what I want to teach. What would you tell them?
2: Mm, I love that because I absolutely struggle with that inner critic or imposter syndrome. And I found that the more I am open and honest about that in conversations, the more people keep coming to me with that same fear. So I think it's something that a lot of us keep buried down because it's, it's scary even for me to say, hey, I'm afraid that everyone's going to find out that I'm a fraud tomorrow, right? Like that's a little bit scary to put out there into the world. But here's what I would say. The uncomfortableness will I mean, 10 years in it's still there. I don't, I don't show up to interviews and um, one-on-one coaching and feel like I got this. I got all the answers. I think you're always going to feel a little bit uncomfortable, but as long as you're showing up being authentic and acknowledging like, these are the things that I know. And I feel like I can help you with, but there's a lot of things over here that I don't consider myself an expert in, but I definitely can help help you find the right answers, whether it's directing you towards another educator or another coach that can guide you. I think living in the space that is your zone of genius and not trying to be everything to everyone Mm -hmm. is how you work on combating that um, inner critic and imposter syndrome. And as far as like, actionable things that you can do. If you feel like, Hey, I am, and I'm just going to use an example here. I am a systems expert. I can look at a business. And by the way, I'm not a systems expert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm a systems expert, I can go in and figure out like how um, an entrepreneur can really streamline their workflow and all of the things, then start hosting. And Don, I think you do this already in your community, but start hosting like free workshops or community gatherings and putting that information out there. And the people that that message resonates with are going to be like, yes, that's my person.
1: A hundred percent. I love that. So uh, we can't be all things to all people, but I always say, I feel like you can offer something to everyone, right? And putting your sort of planting your flag in the ground and putting a beacon up that says, Hey, by the way, this is what I'm." you draw people into you. You, you cultivate an audience. And it's really interesting that you say that uh, Megan, because as I've started this, this journey and I've said, Hey, listen, I want to teach you all how to, to do these things or learn these things. I, I oftentimes was thinking, should I, can I, might I, and I've been telling people stop looking for clients. I know that sounds crazy, but stop looking for clients and start looking for an audience because that's where they start. Audience becomes consumers, consumers become clients and then clients become raving fans.
2: Yeah, and I did not start out Offering paid content. I started out in 2018 with a free podcast for wedding pros, and I would interview guests and I would do some solo episodes and I would share my opinions on things. And that was my way of showing up to a community. And then I started building, and like you said, I built that audience of people that my message resonated. And I'm sure that there were people that listened to my podcast and thought, She's not my girl, and that's mm-hmm. that's totally okay. That's
1: totally okay because it's a beacon and a filter. I didn't get to that part. I'm like, hey, put your put your plant your flag, put your beacon up, and then just remember that there's kind of holes in that, and people slip through it, and they're like, yep, not my person. Great, that's fine, no problem. Because the cool thing about that process is Megan, and I'm sure you've experienced this because of your immense success and popularity amongst the wedding pros already. People come along, and then they're they're basically inviting the sale. They're like, hey, Megan, um, as soon as you launch that new course. As soon as you launch that new program, just know I'm first in line. Mm -hmm. And that's a really cool feeling, um, both because you do make commerce out of it, but also then you can serve bigger, right? The more people in that, in that group you're serving bigger because you're affecting them. You're affecting the wedding, wedding industry, that rising tide increases professionalism. I mean, really it's a win, 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 win situation.
2: Yes. And I will say it can be hard if you are a people pleaser, which I am. I have in my um, my clubhouse bio recovering people pleaser because I'm still working through it. Yeah. But it, it can be hard to wrap your mind around the idea that some people aren't going to your message is not going to resonate with them. And you want everyone to like you. And that's just never ever going to happen so the sooner you can realize that like your people are going to find you and the people like don said like that the message doesn't resonate then they're going to filter out and that's okay that means that your message is going to be so much stronger speaking to the people that really need to hear it so yeah i'm not for everyone don's not for everyone everyone out there you listening as well uh, just be okay and showing up as yourself acknowledging like these are my skill sets And then also, I think it's important, it feels really good to me to say, this is where I I can really, really help you as a business owner. And these are the areas that I I, am not considered an expert in, but I can definitely find the right person for you.
1: And that just speaks to the relationship marketing and all the things that we talk about, right? If if you're not the right person, you can be a connector for that person. And uh, I've never had a problem saying one of a couple different things. A, you know what? That's a really great question, coaching uh, student that I love and adore and doesn't think I know everything. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to get right back to you with a response, which doesn't show that you're uneducated or still not a great coach just, they just stumped you on that one particular thing, which is great because it means that your coaching student is growing you as much as you're growing them. And then, Hey, listen, I'm not a good fit. I really mm-hmm. want to be, but I'm not, but you know what you should call Megan. Megan's amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is why, you know, you and I are live parallel lives. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, we came up in similar circumstances under the same sort of timeline. And here we are educating, uh, various art audiences, I'll bet you there's gonna be a time in a day when somebody's gonna come in and be like, Hey, I wanna give you this lump of money to teach me blank. And I might say, you know what? I could probably do that, but that's not my jam. That's Megan's jam. Take yeah. that, take that big pile of cash and go take it to Megan.
2: Yeah, Don, I um I found you, I think I just stumbled across you one day in Clubhouse in one of the early days of being in there. And I listened to you for a few days, the room that you do with Cassie and Jorge. And I kept thinking like, yes, this was the exact thing. It's like, you were, you put that beacon up of relationships and connections. And that is my jam as well. And I remember thinking like, okay, I need, I want to, I want to know more about this guy. I want to have him on my podcast. The idea of like relationship marketing and connections and the power of the people first message that you have, that just really resonated with me. So you were the, you were the exact example of put that flag up of I'm about this and I came right to you. Well, thank
1: you. Um, I was humbled and flattered. And that's the other thing that we can say to the people that are struggling with doubt over dedication. It feels amazing when something that's so powerful for you, it's in your heart, it's in your soul, and you start sharing that message. And somebody says, um, yes, please, more of that. It, it feels amazing. So as we wrap towards the end here, uh, I always like to have my experts, right? The concept of this podcast is to cr- um, create a space where business owners, entrepreneurs, and career-driven professionals can get inspiration, motivation, and education. And I think we've provided a lot of that. The last Asian I like to talk about is implementation. So if you had one thing that you could Tell the audience today to say, when you're done here and you've dissected all that we've shared with you, do this one thing. What
2: do you think you would recommend to them? This is such a hard question because I could give 10 things. But when I think about um, the message that I want your listeners to get, it would be make that list grab a pen and a piece of paper. You can do it on your phone, whatever works for you, but make that list of the things in your life, not just your business, but the things in life that you really want to put time and effort into. We're, we're in March right now of 2021. We all went through a really hard year where we were questioning, you know, how we wanted to show up, what was going to happen with our business, what was happening with our family. And for me, um, I took note of that and have made changes in my business of how many hours I'm putting in and how I'm showing up as a mom. So I would, I would say the same thing for you. It's like business is important. Business pays your bills and growing your business is, is, has to be part of your equation as well, but don't do that at the sacrifice of some of the other things that might be really important to you in life. Don't let the hustle overtake you. So implementation is make that list. Let's call it like the top five areas that you're going to have done. I'm going to take it back to our bucket reference here, but um, find those five buckets that it's like, these are the time, these are the things that really, really matter to me. And this is where I'm going to invest my time and energy And then if you look at like how your daily routine looks or what you have on your schedule for the next 30 days, if you're putting a lot of time and energy into things that don't fall into those buckets, then perhaps reevaluate and start taking some things off.
1: It's like you read my mind when I say people first, then profit. Profit are all those buckets and all the things that you want to do in life and how you can find your way to to that profit. And uh, I'll have to tell the quick anecdote now because you referenced buckets. And uh, I had the pleasure of being on your podcast, which I believe you informed me drops on March 17th. Is that accurate? That's right. It's coming out on March 17th. Which is so cool, and we'll come back to this uh, during the next uh, brief section, but uh, we talked about buckets and how important it was to fill your bucket, but more importantly, to fill other people's buckets, because you can't fill your own, so you have to fill it by surrounding yourself with people, and uh, you educated me on the fact that there's a book that uh, is for children. I have a a four-and-a-half-year-old daughter, for those of you that listen to the show Faithfully, her name is Frankie, and Megan... Uh, because she's a relationship marketer and understands the importance and the power of people in relationships, sent me a copy of the book. Yes. And I don't know if you saw my live video; I'm sure you did because I, did. I tagged you yeah. in it. So i I opened this gift. I thanked Megan for it. I read it to my daughter immediately, and the first thing she did was she went and made a bucket out of paper and carried it around and said, daddy, this is my bucket and I'm gonna use it to fill up other people's buckets. So oh, not sweet. only was it an amazing interaction between two professionals who believe in the value and the power of people, um, but it was something that I was able to then take and teach my daughter. And she oftentimes references it and we read it frequently. So Megan, thank you for walking the walk. Um, I really appreciate it.
2: It's thank you, Don. Thanks for being that beacon of putting out such great messaging and guiding entrepreneurs and what those next steps are and what's most important. It resonated with me, so I'm happy to know you.
1: I appreciate that. I'm equally happy to know you. Mutual respect and admiration is just the best. Uh, I do have some notes here, and we're going to put all this in the show notes. So please don't feel like you have to feverishly write this down. But in uh, accordance with all the wonderful things we've talked about, it's so cool. Megan has a giveaway for all of you. If you guys want, she has a five-day networking challenge that you can easily access on her website, theplannersvault.com slash networkingchallenge. That link will be in the show notes. You're going to want to go check that out. Now, let's be clear. This is not for uh, planners and it's not for wedding pros alone. It literally is for any industry, any discipline. It just really uh, sharpens your skills in the the relationship marketing and networking game. Is that accurate?
2: It is so true. So you'll find that on my planner's fault website, as Don said, it's the plannersfault.com slash networking challenge. You'll see that it says it's for planners, but I was telling Don, it is general like relationship marketing, taking it and making it itself paced, but it is a five day challenge to establish just, you know, What do You you don't call them vendors, creative partners. Is that right,
1: Don? I like, yes, because I remember that uh, David Tutera said, I'm sorry, but vendors are people that sell hot dogs in New York City. He calls them professional partners. And so do I now.
2: Professional partners. And honestly, that was one of my major takeaways with you on my podcast is I need to start (laughs) switching up my verbiage on that. Language
1: language matters.
2: But establishing your professional partners that you want to, maybe you don't know them yet, or maybe you've interacted with them once or twice, but you want to circle back and start building more intentional relationships relationships with them. This challenge will help you with that.
1: I love it. And we all can um, get a refresher there. Some of us are uh, further along the path, but it's self-paced and it's very educational. So be sure to check that out. Uh, Other resources, of course, you can find Megan online. I'm going to put all these in the show notes, theplannersvault.com, weddingsforreal.com and a southernsoiree.com. Now, Megan, I end every podcast with a lightning round. It Ooh, is. I love it. Don't I, it's, it, I did it on my first, or I talked about it as I was setting up the podcast. People were like, that sounds like so much fun. So based on getting to know you, I have a couple of quick questions. That I'm just going to fire off the top of my head. So we both visited Ireland. What was your favorite place in Ireland?
2: Oh, I visited the Dingle Peninsula and it was the most gorgeous place on the planet. You must go there if you haven't, if you're listening to this. Dingle Peninsula in Ireland so and beautiful.
1: The people in on all, the entire island are amazing. They're so kind and caring. Uh, Emily and I's favorite story was we were off to the pub after touring a, a church site and we got stuck behind a tractor and the tractor was on the main road and it pulled into the pub right before us and the little old farmer got out and walked into the pub to have a pint of Guinness. And so we spent most of the afternoon talking to him and he was just wonderful uh okay so favorite beer because we know we both like beer favorite beer
2: i like a blonde okay awesome i
1: was gonna say guinness but only in ireland because it it tastes different there
2: i can actually chug a guinness pretty impressively like an irish carbo
1: you know what i gotta say it just (laughs) no stopping you with impressing me i love that (laughs) um okay so in uh we're getting ready to go into the spring and summer what's your favorite outdoor activity?
2: I love, I have three daughters. They're eight, six and three. So I love a good, like we live about two hours from the beach. So sometimes we'll just do like a beach day, hop in the car, drive there, spend the day, take some sandwiches. And I love watching my girls just jumping through the waves and loving life.
1: My daughter. So I grew up in Southern California. I'm sort of of landlocked, although we have lakes here. We don't have an ocean, but I visit my sister on the Southern coast of Texas. My daughter's four and a half and she is already a beach girl. If I lived closer to a beach, she'd want to go every single day. Yeah. Listen, Megan, we're wrapping up our time today. I have to thank you for your, bringing your knowledge and your experience here to the People First and Profit podcast. I'm very excited for everybody to learn and grow with you. I'm sure that many of them are gonna avail themselves of your resources. Um, anything else you wanna add before we go?
2: Thank you so much for having me. These conversations are so fun and I can't wait to get to know your community. I know I'm in your Facebook group and you do such a good job of showing up. I I go onto Facebook, I'm like, hey, there's Don again, talking, I love it. Yes,
1: <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's, oh gosh, there's Dawn again. And other days it's,
2: hey, there's Dawn again.
1: <laughs> Whatever the case is I'm not stopping anytime soon. I'm getting louder. If any. I love
2: it. I'm I'm a follower. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Megan. It's been a pleasure to have you here. All right, guys, if you have any questions, you know where to find me, peoplefirstthenprofit.com for all the resources.
0: And with that, we're going to have Adam Wilmore take us out of here. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the People First and Profit podcast. If you liked this episode, and I'm pretty sure you did, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends, fans, and followers wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for additional information about this week's guest, as well as a list of all the links and resources we discussed. Be sure to visit peoplefirstthenprofit.com for a ton of great content, free resources, and links to the People First in Profit community. All right, I'm Adam Wilmore, and on behalf of your host, Don Mamoni, we'll see you next week. Thank okay. you.